0: All right, three, two, one. Welcome to Hack Chat. My name is Marco Figueroa, and today I have a special guest. I've known this guy for a very, very long time. I even forgot the first time I met him, but I always remember meeting up with him at ShmooCon. Chris Gates, the man, also known as Cardinal Onich. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, I'm excited about this. I am super excited because, you know, there's a lot of things I want to go over. I know people that will watch this is going to take a lot from it, right? One thing I wanted to start with, can you let the viewers know your background, how you got into the game?
1: How I got into the game? Uh, Like, how far back do we want to go? Ah, Go for it. Go for it. So, I, I didn't know anything about computers until I was in college. I'm not one of those guys that had like a Commodore 64 or anything like that. We couldn't really afford any of that stuff. But um, it was I was in college, and the solution to any computer problem was to wipe and reinstall your stuff. <coughs> <laughs> um, and so, most people know I'm a West Point grad. Mm-hmm. So, that was the solution. Anytime your computer had a problem, they said, bring it in, they'd wipe it, you get it back, all your stuff would be gone. So, all your MP3s all your other things would be gone, all your docs. And so uh, after a while I got tired of doing that. So I started fixing it myself and that's how I got started um, into like computers. It wasn't until uh, I got in trouble at school. I think I've told the story before, but I got in trouble at school. I graduated late. And in that summer that I had the extra summer, they took me to DEFCON 10 and it was there on the top of the Alexis park that mm-hmm. hot ass tent. Jeremiah Grossman Oof. was talking about cross site scripting, and Bruce Potter was up there talking about cracking Web. Um, and that's when I realized, like, these are my people. This is what I wanted to do, and that's that was my turning point. That's when I knew what I wanted to do was add def content. Man, um, you brought me back to that hot ass
0: tent. It was hot. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I was always most of the time I was in the room watching it in the Lexus Park because it was just <laughs> too hot up there on the tent. But one thing I didn't know, you went to West Point.
1: Yeah, in West Point, right.
0: So, so i when I was in junior college, I played baseball, and we used to play West Point once a year.
1: How was it awesome. like? Were you there all four years? Yeah, now from uh, like '98 to 2002, and, and a little into December 2002. Um, so I was there when uh, 9/11 happened. So that was that was big. You know, when I joined the military, it was it was, they, Gulf War was over, we were kind of in, like, peacetime, if you will, yeah. and then 9-11 happened, um, so it was, yeah, weird, weird times, Um, you know, very thankful for my service, thankful to still be here, I was honored to, to get to do those things, but, uh um I don't know, I wouldn't recommend it to my kids, like, it's not your traditional, like, school, where you get to have, I wouldn't say I had fun. Oh, no, I, I
0: heard <laughs> about the freshmen's when you enter no TV, you study all the time,
1: you do a (laughs) lot
0: of things. I was like, nope, I'll never come here.
1: Yeah. Their whole thing is giving you more things to do than you have time to do it. Mm -hmm. And like they do that on purpose. Like you're taking huge course loads. They know that you can't complete all the homework that you have. So you, you very quickly learn to prioritize what, what is immediately important. And that's that, it sucks at the time, but then when you're in, the mili- you're in the military or even even now, like if someone gave me a list of things to do, I can very quickly say, okay, well, I can rank order them in my head and say, okay, well, this one can wait till tomorrow. This one can wait till never, you know, or I'll wait till someone brings it up again. And you just learn how to just prioritize. And that's a skill that I don't think a lot of people have, or it's harder to learn, but I had, you know, four or five years of it. You nice. Know, what pretty have good you- at it now.
0: Yeah. What have you been up to in the last two years in terms of your career in depth?
1: Yeah. So I made the jump from being like an IC and like an engineer on a red team to running them. You know, my, for many years I was like, Oh, I want to, I want to know what it's like to build out a red team. Cause you know, every, I don't know, every 20 something, 30 something year old can do it better than the other guy. And it's not until you actually started doing it and you realize how hard something is. Um, but yeah, so I was at hundred X before that, we built out the red team function there, really the offensive security function um, I think A lot of people get triggered on the red team word and what that means. And so I really like to think of offensive security as doing the purple teaming, the pen testing uh, and the red teaming really, you know, validating assumptions. My big thing, my pitch for the team is always like I validate assumptions that the company makes around security, all things. Right. So you think this is good. We think you do this. It will happen. Um, so it's my job to make sure that that actually happens. And then if it does happen, great. How do I get around that? How do I bypass that? How do I make it so you don't see me? Um, that's really how I start to summarize what my team is up to and what they do. So yeah, built a team out there and <clears throat> just recently jumped. Um, now I'm at Robinhood building out their red team function there. Nice. So I'm really excited for that opportunity. You know, one of the cool things that I've
0: noticed, you know, I, I maybe we don't speak every month, right? But what I do do is, you know, I always have, you know, my notifications turned on when you tweet or when you're on LinkedIn. And it, it feels like you're so strategic when you're moving jobs. You know, some people stay at jobs too long and maybe a year, but it, it feels like you are just right. Every move you make is very strategic and, you know, my thought was like you were going to stay at Facebook for I don't even know. Right. Especially yeah. you, you got to present in front of Zuck. And yeah. and that was awesome. And I've seen pictures yeah. of that. Yeah. And it just seems like when you move, it's like, wow, wow. Very strategic. What goes behind that?
1: It's a little bit a lot of what we talked about um, on the other time was it's a lot of the universe looking out for me and putting things uh, in just right, bring them up right when I need to. Um, there was some challenges at the previous job and uh, about the time that I decided I was ready to to work at another place, like this, the person that ended up hiring me just reached out. It was like, Hey, I have this position in open. I think you'd be great for it. I was like, awesome. Let's go talk about it. Um, and that's really happened. It, I mean, my getting into Facebook was the manager there knew me from Twitter and um, I will, I, he's kind of private. So I won't say who it is, but, um, he just reached out and was like, hey, I have this position open. I think you'd be a good fit for it. And it was the offensive security engineer. I was like the first offensive security engineer at Facebook. And um, it was a great fit. Um, it was everything that I wanted to do it was all the things that I had been missing in, in my consultant life. Because really, as a consultant, I was really struggling with how long it took people to get better or seeing the results of your work. So you spend all this work, a week or two on somebody, and you actually don't see what happens after you leave. And yeah. it's quite frustrating it becomes frustrating for a while you don't care and maybe some people don't care it started to bother me that I was doing all this work and I didn't actually see that people were improving with all the effort that I put into the, the, mm-hmm. the test and um, when you go internal and you start working on internal teams it really starts to become something you can follow and track but more importantly and what's harder is it becomes starts to actually become your problem um, consultantly and you just throw the te- you throw the report over and you're like good luck um yep see ya um and then it was my, the story I tell about that is I mean, you know my first real big pen test at Facebook uh, I did that I found a bunch of stuff and I was like yeah this is broken good luck and my manager was like nope how do they fix it and I was like why why he's like because we fix things you know we're not just problem creators or problem finders where we we fix things and so he made me go back um trying to think. it was like a Jenkins issue and it was around like unauthenticated things so I went and installed like every plugin that they had for different authentications and decided, you know, of the multitude of ways you could do authentications in Jenkins, which one should Facebook use for that, for that environment that I found it in. And I did the work and I wrote up the wiki page on how to do it. And then I went and found all the ones that were broken and, and messaged and found and tracked down the, the owners of these, these these systems and it got fixed. And then there was an article on how to fix it. Um and it felt really good. That was probably the first thing I'd ever really fixed, and yeah. felt like it would be fixed forever. Wow! Um, because you know, consulting like it's a new, new company every week. Yeah, it's something new broke, and it's you have um... no idea if they fix it. And a lot of times, you show up next year, it's still broke. Um, so that felt really, really good. And that's when I really got the taste of like doing internal offsec, and what you can actually accomplish there. And it actually, working at Facebook actually gave me hope that people could be secure because they have a really good program. Um, They're throwing a lot of money. They were throwing a lot of money at the program, but really good program. And that was the first place I had been, except for maybe one or two clients um, at Lara's um, that I thought that that I had seen with my own two eyes, seen them improve and get better over time. And uh, yeah, I was like, oh, maybe it's not as dire as it. It seems maybe people can actually have a decent program and actually put up a fight against these people. For the people that don't
0: know you, can you ramble off some of the names, some of the company names you worked at? We already talked about Facebook.
1: Go ahead. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, started out when I got into the US Army Red Team, mm-hmm. um, then went to uh, Booz Allen for a short stint. <laughs> I did a, a very, very short stint at a, as on a USgov.gov contract. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what really set me in motion of nothing can be fixed. Um, <laughs> how, where else? Uh, applied security, which I don't even know if they still exist. It was, you know, this is all like red teamwork. Mm-hmm. Um, Rabbit 7. Then, yeah, Lares for a couple years, three years, three, four years. Yeah, Facebook, Uber, Cruise, 100X, and now Robinhood to quite a list.
0: I want to go into something because it's very interesting, right? We're all friends here. Chris, you and I. How was it, how was that conversation to tell such a good friend, hey, I'm going to move on? I know, you know, where you moved on, but what does that, it's hard sometimes to have that conversation just in general, right? But having it with such a good friend that and and I know after you know, you guys are best friends as well, you know, mm. to this day. But how is that conversation like? Like, man, that's that's a tough conversation to like,
1: yeah, like, hey,
0: I'm, um, I,
1: I'm out. How do you break up with your best friend, right? Like, that's what it felt like, yeah. Um, how did that go? It didn't, I mean, it wasn't easy. Like, I, I cried, he cried, um, absolutely. I, I, I mean, like. Yeah, him and Eric are family. They're still family. Yeah, um, we you know go on vacations together. They we all know each other's kids. Um, and uh, yeah, it was hard. Like, uh, yeah, you was there yeah, for three I, or
0: four years, man. Yeah, I mean, it was a
1: long time, and we've been friends since. Uh, I mean, since Chicago Con back in like you know two thousand. See, I went there and. Uh, 2007 2006 so we've been friends for almost 20 like 15 20 yeah, years yeah 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 um i'm trying to think yeah. i think you like introduced me i think
0: i know it was in maryland i think it was one of the cons i think mm-hmm. you know me and chris got tight at your conference that you had the one day i believe oh um, the, the shoot on epilogue stuff yeah the okay. epilogue yeah. stuff when he was there and that's chris is the one that put me on to to you know headphones Mm, yeah you know just a a side story chris is like flying back to denver and he's like he had to get some stuff and he just opens up his bag and he takes out like five headphones and Mm -hmm. i was like what why he was like let me break it down sit down so yeah (laughs) yeah and i was just like ever since then i'm i'm a headphone junkie but you know i know those conversations is tough and and Man, I always wondered that. Man, having that conversation with such a good friend—how hard it could be yeah,
1: to be like, it was, "Hey, you know, it, I, it's tough." I felt like I was letting somebody down that I did care about and still do care about. And you know, I mean, in all honesty, I did right because yeah. you know I was leaving the company. Um, I mean, it, it was really so. And we, I think we we talked about someone like I was really depressed. I just didn't know it, right? Yeah. Um, all the military stuff, like you know. admitting to that and mental health, like any mental health stuff is you're just considered weak in the military. If if you're having some sort of issue and um, I was still in that mindset of like, well, I'm not weak. Or if I admit these things, I lose, lose this. I could lose, I could lose all these different things by admitting that I have a problem. Um, And it, yeah, just, I, I, and probably my, you know, I job top a lot. Because I thought that it was something external. I thought that it was the external job that was causing me the unhappiness, and not understanding it was mm. myself, how much I loved myself, what I thought of myself, the things I told to myself. Um, that was actually the problem. And it wasn't until I started doing self work that um, it start, I started to understand. It wasn't the external; it was the internal that was 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 the problem. Um, so, I mean, that's that's why it wasn't. I would say it was less strategic awesomeness, you know of me bobbing is like, I would, I would be like, I hate this place. This place is the worst. The next place will be better. And it's the same thing everywhere you go. Um, it's just the faces change. And it's, it's me. It was me. That took me realizing that it was me and hitting rock bottom before, uh, before that turned around.
0: Yeah. Uh, how much have you grown during COVID technically,
1: mentally, emotionally? Hmm. Probably could be better technically. Um, I'd say it's been a challenge to, you know, cause you, we spent, I mean, those of us that are remote all the time, even then I wasn't on zoom all day and I know, you know, my, my zoom usage probably doubled or tripled You know, as did pretty much everyone on the planets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a challenge to want to keep sitting in front of the computer when someone's not making me do it because I'm in a meeting. So I would say like it, um, I did less technical stuff, but, I did have some budget at the last place. So we, we bought some training and did some things. And I was able. To, I had free reign to break into like hacking whenever we wanted to at work. So um, there was no shortage of like, oh, I wonder what happens when I do this. And so we were able to, to do that. And, um, nice. Emotionally, uh, I mean, I think it's same challenge that everyone has, like having, I went from having no one in my house all day for 10 years to having everyone in my house all day for a year. Super super difficult, challenging transition. We, we got through it as a family, Um, definitely had to upgrade the internet to, to, to make it all happen. But um, yeah. And then I did a, I mean, a lot of spiritual work because this, this whole thing really made me think about um, you have to think about your, uh, I don't know. It it ends and it could end and, you know, had We had probably all know someone that that passed away or almost passed away or got really sick with that. And really makes you think about the finiteness of life. What are you doing with your life? Um, I think a lot about the the if-then kind of thing of like, you know, if I make this much money, then I'm happier, then I'm content, or if I have this job title, if I have this thing, if I have this thing, then I'll be happier, I'll be content. And it really made me think about <clears throat> what am I putting on hold um, mm. in my life? What am I putting my happiness on hold for? And should I keep doing that? Mm-hmm. So that helped with, that helped with wanting like to transition into a new position uh, that helped, you know, I bought the car that I always wanted to buy because I was Come like, you on. know what? I have no, I have no guarantee that I'm going to be alive. Next what is year. the car? You have to, I got a uh, Range Rover Sport. Oh, nice. For, for yeah. that six range.
0: Mm-hmm. For that six range, the Sport Range Rover.
1: Yeah. Range Rover Sport. Yeah. I got the. Yeah, supercharged V8. Mm. So it's, it's a, it's a race car. Um, It's the thing I always wanted. It's like the car I always wanted. Like I didn't really want after I outgrew like the Lamborghini Countach stage of life, like everyone goes through. Uh, that's the car that I always wanted. And I was like waiting and waiting and waiting. And I was like, you know what? I don't have no, I have no guarantee that I'm going to be alive next week. Mm. And at least now I can drive this car as fast as I want to drive it and enjoy everything that it has to offer And have the experience, have the life experience of of, you know owning a car like this. So I did it. Um, Still a little scary every month when I pay the note. But you have um, to
0: send me a video, you driving it. You know, I want to see. I I definitely want to see it. Send me some pictures. Um, one of one of the things that I love is like the things you tweet out, positivity. You're always learning. Do you feel like you constantly are still in that mode
1: of learning new things and, and growing all the time? And I think every time I think I get to where I'm getting a little too big for my britches, um, I'll have a conversation with someone and get put right back in my place of like, man, you know, I still have a lot more work to do. Um I love it. I mean, that's I'd say I I, I really think of spirituality and hacking is a really the intersection of like success as a human on this planet hackers we do things people don't think are possible we do that every day you know think about all the people that have like broken into systems or bro- just changed things or figured the things that the hacking community has done over the, my lifetime is just it's mind-boggling we pushed the state of technology so far um and when you apply that to spirituality and what you can do with metaphysics i think it's a natural and beautiful intersection of what you can do as a human to take that hacker mindset along with doing things in, in the reality that we operate in and, you know, using law of attraction, using law of one, um, doing energy work, doing those other things that, you know, you know, are supposedly impossible to do, but then you do them and you have those experiences and you're left with this like, well, meet another person a thousand miles away, had, had the same experience. Yes, sir. How do you, ex- how do you explain that? Right. Cause we, you have know, done Reiki, yeah. um, doing other things. Um, like there's no explanation except for energy and and it working, the fact that you know you and I can do do energy work and we we we, we experience it in the same way or in a similar way. So Absolutely. Like that's just stu- but that's hacker. I mean, that's hacker stuff. That's what we do. That's why I'm. It's, I don't know if people think it's annoying, but I I love it because I'm just doing it's superhero stuff, right? You're you're bringing out your superhero qualities that all these all humans have, and we're just told that we can't do, but you can. That's exactly what hackers do all the time. Exactly. So I love it. So, exactly. Yes. It's no different. You know,
0: I, I've seen your growth over multiple years. I want to say over 10. Yeah, at least. What was what was that going through? How did you get better, right? Every year, it felt like you are doing another talk at Black Hat or another talk at ShmooCon. And the growth, like your growth spurt, the blogs you were putting out, I was like, how the hell does he have so much time to not only write all these blogs, but then have different, he would, you would present completely like different from the blog posts that you would put out. Number one, how much time were you putting in? Cause that's, that's something that I want to know. How much time were you putting in and where did you find the time to get all of that? Like
1: just reps in the game in Good question. Uh it helped as a consultant because um I got to see new tech every week. That helped drive a lot of that stuff. A, l- a lot of those blog posts came from just what I had to figure out on an on an, ass- on an assessment. Um and I think you can see like if you go back and track my LinkedIn versus uh before when I switched to doing internal stuff, um the the posts actually slowed started to slow down because um I could no longer if I said, "Oh, I you know use this exploit at work," everyone knew where I worked. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, so Facebook's vulnerable to this, huh?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that slowed down. But um, I mean, part of it is like I was doing Law of Attraction and didn't know it because I, I when I when I got out in the military, they teach you know your your three, five, ten year plan. I did that. I had a great mentor, uh, Greg Conti. He's in our community now. He's out and he he's in the, the hacking community now. He really helped me like develop that develop that list of things I want to do and help me make a plan to achieve those. And a lot of, a lot of those was like be regarded as someone that knew what he was talking about in the industry. I had no idea how to do that, but I knew I needed to give talks to do that. Um, you know, cause I, I looked at the people that would give talks and who were like, probably like some early people like Dan Kaminsky, Dave, I mm-hmm. who would be posting on these mailing lists and just putting this just absolute great content out. Um, and look at the careers they had right so i was like i don't think i'll ever be as good as those guys but um they were some of the ones that inspired me to 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 do those things and at the time you know that was kind of pre before twitch before twitter Mm -hmm. you know that was really i felt was the only way to get your name out there was to to give talks and to do blogs so i was like well this is what i want to do this is what i think will make me um make me like myself and make other people think i'm Good at this, so I just did it, and then I had tons of great friends and help around. Like Mubix was awesome. We've done tons of talks together, Mm -hmm. and Ken Johnson, and um, I've been blessed enough to have really great friendships and friends that have people have wanted to give talks to me and uh, do that. And then um, I have you know my I have an inclination to to be a teacher and guide. So like I. I derive value. I don't know if I derive value during the talk, but I derive value after the talk of like having given the talk and having shared things and having people say they got something from the talk, or they've got something from the blog post. That I derive a lot of value from from helping people in that way. Um, I didn't know it at the time. I've kind of since learned like that's kind of more my my thing. That's why I enjoy that, even though at the time I didn't have like a, a reason for it. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I just found that out. A- about that at least maybe like two or three months ago, right? About myself. Cause I've been writing blog posts at Sentinel one. And if you look at my blog posts, I think I have six now in like six months, all of them are teaching Mm. how to do something. Yeah. This is cool. This threat intelligence. And this is how I pivoted, but this is how I got down to, and it's, it's more of like teaching. So I noticed that about myself. One thing, I had a quick question. You were saying a lot of the bulk of your work was when you were consulting. And what I like to do is go behind, you know, I just want to go into your mind and and say, okay, you're on an assessment, you're learning something new. What is that process like? And the reason why I'm asking you is, Because people are coming into the game that are going to watch this and they want to understand how they tackle something like a new protocol that you haven't worked on or, you know, an assessment on Oracle databases or whatever the case is. What is your process and how what mindset do you take into it?
1: Yeah, um, honestly, a lot of my process is installing it and looking, what am I clicking yes to? What are the defaults? What are the implications of the things that are already filled out for me? Um, like a great example with Oracle, a lot of or- the stuff that you would break into Oracle with was just defaults, just clicking through the installer. Um, so my process, yeah, when I have to like, I've come across a new technology, we can talk like this, talk Kubernetes, for example, you just go through and start installing it and saying, okay, what, how does this run? How do most people install this? What do all the guides say? What is Stack Overflow? Cause I'm looking at that to get it installed and running. And you say, okay, and then I, I, and it's kind of a little boring, but I'll read, read the manual, read the docs. Um, and just start saying, okay, this is what this, this is what this thing expects me to do. How can I do something else? Um, and that's, you know, just, that's really how I approach this. What, what can I do that I'm not supposed to do here? And it, 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 I don't know if that's t- making it too simple, but that's really is the process is, as you're going through it, as you're installing it, as you're doing the configs, <clears throat> what could somebody do here to make a mistake? What could someone do that's a default, that's an insecure default? Um, and then just start just playing and fuzzing with that. That's, yeah. So that's, uh, that that's my process for the most part, uh, especially on a technology that doesn't have a lot of posts. Like obviously now, you go if you're looking at Kubernetes, there's hundreds of blog posts on breaking into Kubernetes or whatever, but um, That's. I mean, that's still my process for something that hasn't been looked at. Is let's let's install it. Let's read what the instructions say to do, and start poking and saying, "Okay, how do I how do I get to that account? What's ooh, that's a new account. I didn't see that in there. What's the password for that? Is it random or is it something easy? How do I get to it? You know, yeah, that's really the process. That's what's up. You've built Nova Hackers, I believe you
0: started in twenty twelve. Was it 2012 or 2013? No, earlier than that, I believe. Yeah, probably earlier than that. Yeah, Yeah,
1: Rob Rob and I put that together. Yeah, can you... What was the idea behind that? Yeah, I I love the story. Um, At the time, there was probably like two or three large... There was an OWASP kind of group. Um, There was NovaSec that was run by Richard Baitlick. And then there was... One other group. And I went to, and so I just moved, moved here. And I don't know, I selfishly wanted to know all these, there's a lot of great hackers in the Nova area. And I'm, I'm actually, you know, this I'm shy around people I don't Mm -hmm. know. So it was like hard, hard to make friends and it was hard to uh, know these people that I wanted to know. But I also felt like, like the OAS meetings, you would show up, you you would eat pizza, someone give a talk and then you would leave. And there was not really a chance to get (laughs) to know anybody except for the speaker. Mm -hmm. So, um, aha was the thing. So the Austin hackers was a thing. And their thing was, um, you had to give a talk. And, um, I was like, I love that. You know, one, you know, at the time it was really hardcore about, you need to participate and, you know, you know, do your fair share. But then it really became, if you come up and speak, then I get to learn who you are. And that's really the, probably the magic there is um, giving back to your community, but you're also getting yourself known and it makes it easier to make friends and all that. So uh, because that group didn't exist, none of the existing groups really wanted to go to that model. You know, Rob and I said, let's try to, try to make this happen. And, you know, poached a few people from different places and uh, started to group up and it, it just really took off from there. And, uh, we still have a really strong core group of people that have been there from the beginning, like Ethan janitor and Craig Bowser and some other guys. And um, the core group of people are, are amazing. Definitely family at this point.
0: Are you guys meeting up online? We
1: mm-hmm. still do uh, virtually. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Man, you know, I met a lot of people. I <clears> know <throat> I loved it. Explain what does it take in your eyes to be a good red teamer?
1: You've been doing it for so long. Red teamer. Hmm. That's a good question, man. Um, I would say ask, what does Chris Nigerson say? That would be my answer. Um, hard work, hard work, hit the pavement, hmm. get on the grind. I should have watched. I shouldn't have finished watching that before we got on here. <laughs> uh, what does it take to be successful there? Um, you need to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of things that aren't cliche to say. Um, it help. It helps to under start to understand how different things go together. So he, he has that that amazing um, Venn diagram that he created, and with the social, electronic, and physical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think anybody that wants to red team or is a red team should really study and understand that Venn that you know, three circle Venn diagram Um, that really is the intersections of those things are things that I still think people don't understand Um, what and why, you know, the great example, you know, great example of like the intersection of physical and electronic, where you break into a building and put a, and get into the network from that perspective, right? Because those are breakdowns of two vastly different teams, physical security and, um, IT security almost never talk to each other unless they have to. So um, those those edges where two dis, two you know, different teams intersect create a lot of vulnerability. <clears throat> um, so that's one that's one thing. Um, I think a good red teamer, you know, in twenty twenty one and beyond, um, needs to understand defenses and but also how do you fix the things that you're finding. Um, that's probably a shortcoming. I do see with a lot of people is they're in, And it's not their fault. It's just, um, they're in the same spot that I was in, which is like, I, I just find broken shit. And that's my job is to find broken things and throw it over the fence at you. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot to, to, um, elevate and evolve your mind into, you know, your, your metric being how many things that I fix? And as a, as a consultant, it's still very difficult to make that your own metric. Uh, internal red teams can, can shift to that though. And that's what I've done on my teams is we don't track broken things. We track the things that we fixed, like uh, the completion of that engagement the completion of that, that thing is that the thing is fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, and I track that and I keep up with it. And before that was somebody else's problem. And it's, uh, it's only now that I've made it my problem that I actually am, I'm incentivized to nag people until they fix it. Um, because I don't get to close the Jira ticket out or whatever until it's fixed. Um, technical ability, obviously, um, mindset, passion. I don't, I hate the word passion these days, but I'd say drive, drive to learn and and do things. It's, you have to be creative. You have to, you know, especially when you're doing the social stuff. And I, I mean, I personally feel like the social engineering and like fishing is getting harder and harder and harder, uh, especially with the various, I would say like the lack of current payloads of things, Mm -hmm. um, it's, you've got to, you've got to get crafty. You've got to get out of the box you and you've got to keep trying and you've only got so many whacks at it usually. So you need to, to put hard work into, you know, do the grind, do the hard work to, uh, to get a good payload, test your payloads. Uh, I've made, man, I've made so many monumental mistakes over the years doing stuff. Um, yeah. And be willing to make mistakes. I think is another key thing. Um, I really like to say play and explore. You really need to be willing to play and explore. And as part of that, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things that didn't go well. Um, you're going to do things that just flat out didn't work. But that, that play and exploration is really where um, the success lays, lies in the, the, the willingness to do that.
0: Who has mentored you over your amazing career? I know you mentioned uh, one person earlier that was in the Army with you. I like to give people their flowers and I know you could go ahead and shout them out and give them some love because
1: your, your career speaks volumes, the work that you've put out there. Yeah, man. Put me on the spot. Um, Joe McRae. I would not be where I'm at today without Joe McRae and that man's infinite amount of patience. Um, shout out to Joe. Yeah, Joe, Greg Conti, uh, you know, Chris Nickerson, Eric Smith for sure. Um, I'll say Adam Yu, he was at um, Applied Secure with me. Amazing person, really taught me a lot. Um, Mubix, of course. Um, I'd say you and your brother helped me out along the ways. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm for, I'm going to forget a million people. and like, what the fuck, bro? Um, There's really too many, you know, all the Nova Hacker people, like I've, they've come to me, we've had conversations. Like that has been an invaluable resource for having questions answered, uh, almost all my talks were given at Nova hackers first and all the honest feedback I got from the people there have made me give much more improved talks. Um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting people Hayden Johnson. It uh, was actually a mint someone I mentored, but you know, you're it's the mentor mentor mentee relationship is always, mm-hmm. it always, it always turns on you during the process of where the mentee becomes the mentor. Um, I'm actually a big believer in um, being me being mentored by younger people because they are one, the future, but two, they look at things different than I do. So um, I think it's really important for, you know, 30 plus, 30 year old plus people to find the, the early teen, late teens, early twenties people to mentor them because they are thinking about problems so differently than we had to. Yeah, absolutely. So, also important. Uh, John Cran. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting people. If I forgot you, I'm so sorry. He, yeah. He didn't, give what? Me, he didn't give me the question. Like, <laughs> what, what advice have prepared a long list,
0: what advice can you give someone, you know, our viewers out there to find the mentor, Right. For me, I always felt like if I wanted to know a subject, you know, I, I look to, you know, who's who's the leader in there, who's putting out the most content, you know, and try to figure out, read their p- white paper and and do that. Would, what would you recommend for someone finding a mentor?
1: I mean, there's been a couple of groups. I don't know if they're still active where you could apply to be one or the other. Um I guess if I was given some advice, I would say there's there's probably one or two people that you you look up to for 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 a variety of reasons or one reason or the other, and to just ask. I think most people want to give the time. I, no one in our position would be where we were without mentors. I think most of us are willing to you know pay it forward and repay that to someone that asks. I would just say, as a mentee, um, you know, be prepared to do the things that they ask. Um, within reason, you need to put in, I think I guess you got to put in the work. I agree. Um, you I, know, not, not only do I agree. Times. Yeah. Not <laughs> only,
0: sorry about that. Not only do I agree with that, but for me, I always tell people you should have multiple mentors, not mm-hmm. only in, in cybersecurity, but financially, you know, health, wealth, everything in between. The more information you can consume, the better decisions you're going to make to get to that next
1: level. And it's always about getting to that next level. Yeah. Let me add a little more to that before I lose my, lose my train of thought on it. Sure. Um, mentors should be, be thought more of as coaches than teachers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people get lost is they want someone to teach people. Are, oh, I want you to teach me this now. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a mentor is a coach. You're going to tell them what you want to achieve and they're going to help you come up with a plan to do it. And then it's up to you to do it. Now, if I have time, I might check in on you occasionally, but we've come up with that plan together or I've said, this is what I did to achieve that thing. You may or may not have to follow the same path, most likely not. Um, but let's come up with a, a couple things for you to try. And then let's check back in with me. Or like, I want to know this topic. Well, this book is great for that topic. This, these couple talks are great for that topic. Why don't you go watch them and then come back and ask me questions. And then we'll, we'll do the next round of that. I think people get lost and they think a mentor is supposed to teach them their coach. And coaches don't teach. They, they help you do the things that you have set out to accomplish, right? Just like every every basketball coach, he's not out there playing. He's instructing them to, to use their talents in the most effective way to, to win the game. And I don't well, think sad. people think about the problem the way, but, if they do, that will help them, I think, get more out of their mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah.
0: What uh, When people ask me to mentor them, I say, no problem. You got to do me a favor. Before we begin, you got to read three books for me. Nice. What are those books? The 50th Law, of course. Um, Mastery. And the third one, The Art of Learning. Oh, nice. And I just give that to them, and 90%... do not come back Yep, and that's fine. And that's fine because this is what I want. I want to put that buffer and say, Hey, this is the skills you need. You're going to have to, you know, mastery. It's a, it's a huge book, you know? Um, But those are like, I have like five different books that I like to give out, but those are the three I always give out. And, You know, that's where I learned um, triggers like the art of learning. It goes into how to build triggers, right, where you have headphones with certain music and you have scent and you bring that in. And it's something that I always talk about because you need to learn about yourself, how to motivate yourself, how to get yourself in a positive mindset to start, you know, hacking away. And and for me, that's what I learned through books and understanding and having conversations like we're going to have... Um, especially the next question I have for you, it is something that we're both passionate about, right? Because I read a few tweets, um, that you do certain types of meditation and focusing and, and positivity. And for me, that is my North star to be positive, to, to send out positive vibes to people and give love. And, and that's what I've always tried to do is it's not. Something that I'm not, right? I, every time it's it's always being positive. How did you make that transformation? I know you were talking about, you know, you were in, not in a good space before, mm-hmm. but you got into a good space. And uh, especially during this time, that's something very important to talk about. And I wanted to ask you that. Good question,
1: man. Well, wow. um, how do you get positive? Where do I start? Um, I guess I'll start like I, you know, I as a hacker, I use myself as the the person, the the guinea pig on most of these things, mm-hmm. and if, that helped because I would just try these things and see if they worked and see if they ha- had me feeling any better. Um, my my journey started with with hypnosis and past life regressions, mm-hmm. um, where I got to see you know that's you know perhaps a touchy subject for people on here, but. Yeah. Um, it helped me see that it started it's to open my truth. Eyes to be, to it's be, your truth. It's my truth. So, well, it started to open my eyes to be there being more to what I was being told, mm-hmm. you know, like again, hackers know that on, on, on a large swath of things, mm-hmm. but there's this other swath of things around metaphysics that is, you know, you're crazy if you, if you are into some of that stuff, but it opened the met- the, the hypnosis opened me up to um, why some people are in my life uh, some other challenges I've had. The fact that we're eternal beings started to started to open my eyes. The fact that we're eternal beings. Um, from there, it moved into the energy work, and in, in, into Reiki. And um, when you learn Reiki one, you do thirty days. You're supposed to do like thirty days straight of Reiki yeah. on yourself. And I was a different person at the end of that. That's I, that's mm-hmm. what's up. I mean, anybody that's like meditated for 30 days straight, you've probably gotten a taste of that. But when you start to, you really start, cause you're, you're focusing on healing yourself and loving yourself. And I, up until that point, I didn't, I, even at that point, I didn't like myself. I didn't love myself. I was never told I was good enough. Um, never, you know, we just get taught, a lot of us get taught that we're just not good enough, you know? Mm hmm. Uh, you're a sinner. You're a bad person. You're just a you know everything's evil. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get told that and you get indoctrinated into that, it sticks because you, when you learn that as a child, it, it sticks yeah. into your yeah. adults. So it messes you up. Stuff like messes, that messes, it messes, you, messes you, up. you up. That's honestly why my kids don't go to church because I want them. I I'm all about a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm all about them choosing that for themselves mm-hmm. with with an with a adult mind. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not to get not too far that type, but yeah. And then, like oh, life coaching, I found a coach and mentor, and we really worked on opening my heart and That's forgiving I mean. forgiving people, forgiving myself, and really starting to love myself. And you know, ten years ago, I'd have been like, "What an asshole!" Talking about loving yourself, but that really is the key: is you have to start to like who you are, and that is in, insanely difficult these days. Because we're constantly bombarded with how not right or how not good enough we are when almost everything that we engage in and everything we do, everything on social media, everything everywhere is you are not good and is telling you you're not good enough. And you have to start to spend that time to start to love yourself. And so a lot of healing, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of gratitude, really looking and, you know, I do a lot of gratitude work. Um, I, I really like That's, to point people that together. is
0: very very important I think self affirmations is yep. something that you know I I love to do right I, like there's sometimes I'm just walking down my hall and I'm walking like Conor McGregor stop and it's like mm-hmm. let's go yeah. Let's like, like I pump myself up right yep. I don't need a hype man I don't need other people to tell me it's like you got this let's go and it's I mean that self love and affirmation and and continually trying to grow and be a better person every day. Yeah, other people's bodies
1: pick up on the vibration that you give out. Mm-hmm. If you hate yourself, you're giving out that vibration, right? Mm-hmm. And when you are getting close with someone, and their bodies are doing that energetic thing, they feel the self hate. And who wants to associate with self hate? Mm-hmm. Nobody. So like if you're lonely and all that and you also hate yourself there's you have to change yourself the idea is like if reality is a reflection of who we are when you look in a mirror you don't change the reflection by putting your hand on the mirror you have to change yourself to change the reflection mm-hmm. so you have to start to love yourself and then for, and again all that starts through the forgiveness kindness um you know looking at things and the duality of things, looking for the positive in things, right? Because positive and negative are, per, are, are perceptions. You know, my, how, my take on a thing is my perception of it. Yep. And you have to understand that's a personal thing. You can change it. So if you don't like your perception on it, you can reevaluate and you can be free to, to reevaluate. There's,
0: there's always that perspective in terms of having a glass either full or half empty. And yeah. for I, me, what I try to concentrate on is, is what is going to be my champagne moment of the day? Can I create mm-hmm. it? Am I going to create it? And if I am in the morning, I try to create what is going to be my champagne moment of the day, right? And then I also say, how am I going to prevent a a glass from falling? And if it does fall and breaks, how am I going to react to it? And what are the possible things that could get me there? Yep. Right. And it's predicting that date. If I could prevent it, I can react a certain way, or I won't react to that if I predicted it. So, yep. I I love what you're saying, because especially now, mental health is so important because you know, I have friends I had a friend I spoke to last week, he was like my dad died last last year, and I st- I'm still going through it because it was from COVID, right? Yep. I have a family member that passed away i think it was earlier this year from covid so you know there's a lot of stress as well as anxiety you know you're going out you haven't had that contact you're still in this bubble and then when you go out of the bubble it's like fear because whatever boogeyman's invisible invisible so it is
1: a lot of stress there is a lot of stress going on how have you uh, dealt with it (laughs) It's exhausting. We we uh, went to a theme park last week for spring break, and they did a good job of social distancing thing. But it it was utterly exhausting being around people again. I was completely spent for like two days after. Yeah. Uh, not not because we walked, not because I was out in the sun too long, or mm-hmm. because we walked really far, but I think it was just being around people again because I haven't been around anybody for a year. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's funny because I I was saying the same thing. I'm like, it's
0: been over a year now how's it going to be like when I go out into the office, am I going to have like a little bit of social anxiety as well as thinking, you know, that potentially someone might have uh, COVID, even though I have the vaccine, but this is the world we live in. And, and I think, you know, you have to mentor mentally prepare for that. Right. And, yeah, and, and, and especially I'm a caregiver. So my mother is of age where she's definitely a risk. So to me, it's I'm my senses are even heightened when I'm in an area of of something like that. So, you know, it's it's good to have this conversation. And I really haven't had this conversation in depth because I think it's important to have and to share not only your experiences, but my experiences and, and some of the things that I do in the morning. Right. I have a little routine to get me in that zone. Right. I think exercise has put me in a in a zone of happiness in the mornings. I make sure I get that out of the way and then eating right to fuel my day with positivity, because uh, you're going to tell me you're going to feel better with, you know, a Big Mac or something that is going to fuel your day, let's say, with a a protein bowl of some sort and with lower carbs. Right. And I think. That is 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 understanding oneself and and looking within themselves
1: to be like, yes or no. So, yeah, the beauty know, of meditation is your body. When you start to be able to meditate, your body starts to tell you what you should and should not eat. And I think most people don't mm-hmm. even need to be like great meditators. Too. I think a lot of times you're eating something. and You're like, I probably shouldn't do this. Like your body is telling you, I don't need to eat this. But we do it anyway because it's a habit or we just think we need it. And your I body wanna, is actually telling me what you should eat and what you should not eat.
0: I definitely yeah. want to go back because I recall we were at Shmoocon, and and you had said something about how you weren't in a good space before, and now you smile way more. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> you smile way more. You were so like you didn't even have a smile
1: oh, ever. Well, being a being a grumpy asshole was my thing. Um, that was that was, like, my <laughs> that was your thing. And- I you was know, like, I'm, I'm, I really, really appreciate anyone that put up with me through those years because I'm sure it was actually not fun to be around at all. I mean, um, listen, so. you, your face was like
0: hard as we would, as I, I would was, say,
1: like, I was unhappy. Like if you were in we were a rap worse. video, that
0: would be, that would <laughs> think of like a hard DMX rap video. You would be on, on like the DMX, like. In the car with him. That's what I would say. And compared to now, you're so vibrant. You're smiling. And it's it's so good to see you in in that good space. And,
1: you know. I'll tell you. You want to know the secret? Absolutely. That's why I'm. I'm, I'm, Here's the secret, man. You are supposed to be in joy and feel good the majority of the time you're on this planet. Mm. That's it we're not supposed to feel like shit. You're not supposed to be miserable. You're not supposed to be sad. You're going to have those moments because you need those challenge and transition moments to really fully enjoy the rest. Mm You are not supposed to be miserable. You're supposed to be enjoying your life. When I started to actually understand that and then look more for those moments, if you look for negative shit, you're going to find negative things. Mm -hmm. If you look for positive things, I mean, you've taught me that you taught me that. You're the most positive person I know in the business. Thank um, you, man. You're always in a good mood, always happy, always smiling. Um, if you look for the positive, that's what you find. And yeah. million, million people have talked about this. That's really is the secret is what are you looking for each day? Um, and then some like sub secrets are how do I, how do I mentally get myself ready for that? And you were talking about some of those. A great mm-hmm. book on that is like Indistractable by Neil yeah. Neil, Neil Ear. Um, amazing book on like taking back the time from your day. But really, it's your it's your morning routine. Like you're t- you're talking about exercise, meditation. Uh, what are you consuming in the morning? What are you consuming mentally in the morning? You know, are you jumping on work emails? Are you jumping on Facebook and looking at negative shit first thing in the morning? Mm-hmm. Or do you do all your positive things in the morning? Do you look for positivity? And ha- and start the day like that, and so like I don't look at social media in the morning. I don't even do anything. I don't, don't look at the don't look at the price of Bitcoin. Well, after I'm done with all those other things, and then the day is just you're already off. You're already off on a better start, mm-hmm. and you are controlling your mornings most of the time. And there are obviously cases when you're not, but um, for the yeah, adults are in control of their mornings for the most part.
0: I completely agree with you. Like if you look at a kid one years old, two years old. You know, unless they, they're always happy, they're always jumping, yep. even a three or four year old. They no don't one's know told any them better. To be yeah, exactly. Yet. No one knows unless, you know, you have someone grumpy always on them, then they're like, uh.
1: but they don't yeah. know. Well, that's
0: the way life is. You're enjoying <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You and that's, work a, and then you're gonna, that's, that's, that's the thing. Everyone told me, and yep. I was
1: like, well, here I am, you know, quarter way through, third way th- through my life, and uh, it sucks because everyone told me it was going to suck. So yeah. I just expect it to suck. You know what? If you start turning that around, like you know what, you're supposed to actually have a good day. You're supposed to have fun. Yeah. Or and that's what I do. I'm like, all right, it's it can it can be awful, and still you can still have fun even though it's awful. I think and that's, that's you know the part. one
0: of one of the things that I always do in the morning when I wake up, and it, it, people might think it's cheesy, but I love to do it. You you said it earlier about loving yourself. The first thing I do is love my heart, and I always thank my heart. When I wake up, thank you, heart. You didn't take a, you didn't stop beating yesterday. Yep. Last night, over. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you, heart. And I begin my day like I appreciate you. You're not taken for granted. Thank you. And I begin my day right, and that's for me. That's my self loving Like that's what gears me up to put me in that right mood. Like thank you, I
1: appreciate you. You know. Yeah, it's another day to. Literally, we're, you know, we're in an amazing simulation. You can do basically anything you want. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Not that there's not consequences to those actions, but you're ultimately free. So, yeah, waking up and be like, I got another day to smash it. Right? Like, and then there's other tricks. Like, you can stack on, like, what are my top couple things I want to do today to to, to tell me mentally that I smashed it. Right? Yeah. Um, what is those champagne moments right or or what
0: what what stuff you need to get you to that next level right it's not just checking off a to-do list and not being and being upset you didn't check those to-do lists off right to-do lists are are made to be done and and that's cool but if you don't get to it it's like okay i got it tomorrow and i think you know i think it's always about go 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 but Smell the roses. Enjoy yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm laughing because um, I had to. I used to make these giant to-do lists, and Mm. I never did them. So I actually worked with a coach, and I switched to doing one work thing a day that I want to accomplish and one personal thing. Mm. Nice. I have two things a day that are on my list, and I obviously, you know, I in my mind, I want to get more things done, and there's obviously tons of stuff to do, but. I can have my champagne moment if I get those two things done. Those are, and then the rest is just extra, right? And then you get the momentum going. There's a lot of tricks around getting the momentum going. Oh, yeah. But, um, I, the people that have those like page-long to-do lists, it just gives me anxiety. Yeah, it's, it. it's long. <laughs> what I usually do
0: is just write... Right there. Yep. If I get to it, I get to it. If I don't, hey, tomorrow... Tomorrow. You know, if my manager says, Hey, I need this done ASAP. Okay. Gotcha. It's, it's ASAP. It's, you know, all right, I got it. But if I'm doing something, it's like, all right, I'll do it right after I do this or whatever the case is. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, your best is your best you can do. Period. I agree. Your best is your best you could do. If it's not at the level that someone else wants you. Well, that's their expectation.
1: Yeah. And that's did they even did they even clearly define that expectation to you that Uh, most most likely that (laughs) that is
0: awesome because a lot of times many people don't have that expectation. Right. This is the expectation. And if you meet it or you can't meet it, also, you got to negotiate. Hey, look, your expectation is unreasonable. Like this is where it should be. I think, okay, where can we meet in the middle? Yeah, or I could the, do more, you know. And it's yeah. and it's figuring out. It, yeah. everything is a negotiation, and you know I love it, man. Chris, I appreciate Expect,
1: it. Expectations and boundaries are two things that are much better stated and enforced. Yes, so,
0: uh, I think yeah. this right here, this is needed, and I hope this episode hits someone that that needs it. You know, if, if you're going, if you're down and out, man, my DMs are open. I am same. always willing to help. And I was just going to say, I know, Chris, you're the same way. And guess what? I was down and out, and I reached out to you, and you said, no problem. I got you, 4 p.m. I was going some, through something, and I thought it was worse than what it was. And, and I, I needed a check. Uh, uh, I needed someone. And I reached out to you, I remember that, and and we had that conversation and we had that session and it was it, it it really put me where I needed to be. It relaxed me. It was it was high tense, you know, and I appreciate it. And I'm and honored
1: I, to have been there for you, man. That's the what other joy <clears throat> that's the best thing you can do as a human. <clears throat> excuse me, to be able to be there for someone when they needed you and do anything that could make them feel better. Absolutely. So I, I'm honored to and have I'm, been able I'm to do ho- that. I hope
0: I hope When this goes out, everybody will smash our DMs because one of the things that I love is to provide value. You know, most of the time when I'm doing and and these episodes launch and people give me kudos, all I say is, man, all I want to do is create good content and provide value for people. One is better than zero all the time. If I could touch one person, that's good enough for me. I don't need masses or anything. It's always how can i provide value and if if i could touch someone you know that's that's what it is chris man Same. it's always a pleasure and and hopefully i'm hoping that this year we get to link up i think we're 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 hopefully i'm one shot away from being fully vaccinated and that's going to happen next week so I think we should meet up in Denver this year. Sounds good to me. Or, I'm or next year.
1: To to, I'm always looking for a reason to go to Denver.
0: Yeah, so that, that would be cool. I greatly appreciate it. Anything, any last words to the
1: Hack Chat citizens out there? No, oh, man, unprepared. Um, no, I mean, do your best. Work on self-love. Um, hit me up. I'm happy to chat with anybody about this stuff or hacker stuff. It's all the same to me. You know, they intersect and I love that intersection. So yeah, hit me up. Chris, thank you so much, man.
0: This is, this is going to make waves and I hope it does. And I hope it reaches you on time before, you know, you get to, before you get to that dark place of, you don't think there's any hope. You listen to us and, and, and just reach out. You know, where our DMs are open and whatever we could do, I know we we can help you or just advice in general. So until next time, thank you, Chris, and all of you. Thank you. Take care. That was exactly an hour. That's what I was hoping for. Nice. Dude, thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks for letting me do.